0: Welcome to another episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host Jason Powers down here in Tampa. It is championship weekend in college football. Week 14 NFL. The MLB winter meetings about to get going out in San Diego. A lot of activity in Major League Baseball this week. Some free agency news. Garrett Cole Strasburg, Rendon, Zach Wheeler. So we're going we're to give you some updates on, the, on that front. A couple NBA notes we're going to give you. The Knicks have just fired David Fisdale to that dumpster fire. That is the New York Knicks. What a disaster that has been in the last 15 years. And lots of coaching news throughout football both college and the professional ranks. The NFL, Ron Rivera fired. Chris Peterson steps down at Washington. Clay Helton gets the job at USC. What's Florida State going to do? Ole Miss fires their coach. Arkansas fires their – getting ready to make a hire. Washington elevates their defensive coordinator. So lots lots of doings on the coaching carousel. But let's get to – the college football playoff rankings not much of a change ohio state 1 lsu 2 clemson 3 and the and kind of the wild card spot is what's going to happen in the 4 spot you got georgia in the four hole right now utah 5 oklahoma 6 baylor 7 those are probably the four teams that are fighting for the one for the number 4 spot we're going to go over some scenarios of what if what happens if certain teams lose and all that stuff. So all right, so Ohio State, if they lose, they play Wisconsin Big 10 title game. Everybody seems to say, think Ohio State's safe even if they were to get upset. I would say they are only the only event I could see that being a problem is if they got if they were just to get destroyed or if maybe Justin Fields got injured, something like that then you could have a, a situation where the committee would have to debate. This Remember, this is the first week that all of the college football committee members are all together watching all these championship games, starting Friday night with the Pac-12, Oregon-Utah, all the way through Saturday night, ACC, uh, Clemson and Virginia. So you got a full slate of games Saturday, starting at 12 o'clock with the Big 12, Clemson-Baylor playing in Jerry World. We'll talk about that game. You got the SEC title games at 4 Eastern in Atlanta, LSU, Georgia, the Mercedes-Benz Dome on turf. You got Utah and Oregon playing on Friday night out in San Francisco, so uh, lots of scenarios. First of all, let's talk about Georgia. I guess Georgia could probably make this the easiest as if Ohio State wins. Clemson wins and Georgia beats LSU, I think you'll have your top four. I think Georgia has enough on the resume to out, uh, out resume Utah. If Utah were to win Friday night, Georgia has some big wins. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Auburn. They beat Florida. And they will have beaten the number one team in the country, LSU, on a neutral field. So, uh, I guess it could be made very simple tomorrow if Georgia were to upset. Georgia is about a seven-point underdog, so many, most people don't think Georgia is going to win the game. Um, but let's let's if Georgia wins the game, it's pretty academic what's going to happen if uh, assuming Ohio State and Clemson win. What if Clemson loses in the ACC title game? They have a incredibly weak schedule. The ACC was incre- was way down this year. Their out-of-conference schedule was lousy for Clemson other than the Texas A&M game, which Texas A&M, I believe, is 8-4. and four. Um, So it's not, a, maybe even 7-5, and five, so that's not even a great win against Texas A&M. But, you know, most people think Clemson, I mean, obviously everybody thinks Clemson's going to win. Clemson's 28-point favorites over Virginia. Virginia beat Virginia Tech last week. And their rivalry game to get to the ACC title game. So, again, most people think Clemson's going to try to run. The question is, will Clemson move up? Does Clemson have an opportunity to move up? Um, Ohio State. Let's talk about Ohio State a little bit. Ohio State, Wisconsin. The key thing here for Ohio State is, one, they need to win the game. And, two, they need to win the game convincingly in order to keep the number one ranking, in my opinion. Ohio State, Manhandled Michigan last week in the Big House. Another disastrous performance by Harbaugh and the Wolverines in the rivalry game. Harbaugh's now 0-5 against Ohio State. Um, The game was close, quarter and a half or so. And then, again, Michigan was moving the ball pretty well, but they just could not stop Ohio State. Um, The game just got – mid-third quarter of the game kind of got out of hand. Justin Fields, that offense, J.K. Dobbins, just a – great game at running back 200 yards rushing just a beast at running back a lot of people think he people remind him of Emmett. he reminds a lot of people of Emmitt Smith he's to me he's the key if they can run the ball consistently they're gonna they're gonna be able to destroy Wisconsin in the play-action game Ohio State has tremendous athletes a wide receiver just too many players for for Wisconsin to deal with Wisconsin's got an excellent defense but if they can run the ball consistently, Ohio State major problems for Wisconsin. The question is, what if what if first of all, what if Wisconsin wins the game? Does I don't think Wisconsin with two losses has any chance to get in the playoff. Um, if they were to win the game, two losses just you, not, you can't get in with two losses, losing to Illinois. But let's say Ohio State wins the game by seven to ten points. Does that keep them number one in the rankings? The reason why number one is so critical this year is. You, you want to try to avoid Clemson, because most likely Clemson's going to be in the two or three hole as far as a ranking goes, and they are definitely deemed to be the most dangerous, you know, semifinal matchup. So Ohio State's really vying against LSU to, to maintain the one spot. I think uh, I think Ohio State needs to be convincing. They're going to keep their foot on the pedal. They're not going to let off. So if they have a chance to run the score, up, they will. I think Wisconsin's about a 15, 16-point favorite. I think Wisconsin will pull away. They, they throttled Wisconsin earlier in the year 38-7. I think playing indoors on the turf is really going to help Ohio State. I think Wisconsin will be able to move the ball a little bit on the defense, but over the totality of the game, I think too much offense. The one thing to be aware of is Justin Fields did get nicked up last week. He had a lower leg injury, so just kind of be on the lookout for that don't probably expect to see a ton of quarterback runs out of Ohio State with with Fields running the ball cuz you got to keep that up guy upright and they don't have anything behind Justin Fields. So I see Ohio State pulling away kind of a 34-14 kind of game, 34 maybe 34-17 um, kind of kind of game tomorrow in Indianapolis. Georgia LSU in the in the SEC title game. LSU comes in 12 and 0 undefeated. The offense, I mean, nobody has shown any ability to stop this LSU offense. Joe Burrow going to win the Heisman Trophy. Joe Brady, the probably the assistant coach of the year in the country. Can, can Georgia, not Georgia's defense is, is going to be the story of this game. Offensively, Georgia is very limited on offense. Got a decent running attack with Swift. Good offensive line, but the passing attack is just very pedestrian with Jake Fromm. The wide receivers. Are very average. One of their better wide receivers, Cagers out. Uh, they're probably their second or third best wide receiver. Pickens, George Pickens, got sus- got ejected last week, so he's going to be suspended the first half of this game. So it's going to be very critical for Georgia to stay in the game till halftime. The question is, can Georgia's secondary cover these receivers? And can Georgia, if Georgia can cover these receivers, you got a shot. But Nobody has shown the ability to cover these LSU receivers as well as handle uh, Edwards Hilaire in the running game. Um, again, I think Georgia's got an excellent defense, but I just don't know if but possession after possession, if they can keep LSU out of the end. So I think Georgia's going to have to score. This is not going to be a 20 to 14 kind of game. This is gonna, Georgia's going to have to score 27 to 30 points, I think, to win the game. Um I know Georgia's got a great defense but I really just think this is the year for LSU. I think LSU's going to going I won't say manhandle Georgia but I think they're going to win the game double digits. You know, I think 11 to 14 points kind of game. And uh, LSU's going to going move on if they win emphatically, if they were to win this game by three touchdowns, I think you could definitely see LSU jump Ohio State to the number 1 spot because uh, again, you want to avoid Clemson if you can as a semifinal matchup. Georgia wins the game they're in they're going to be in the game they're going to be in the final four let's assume Georgia loses then you have the 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 debate's going to be if Utah as a one as a one loss Utah team can win the game the Pac-12 game over Oregon is that going to be enough to ward off an Oklahoma if Oklahoma were to beat Baylor for a second time and win the Big 12 that's the question. I think if Utah wins the game Friday night, they're in the tournament. And Georgia loses, there. I think Utah's in. If Oklahoma, you know, if, if Georgia loses, Utah wins a, uh, you know, Utah loses. I think the winner of the Baylor Oklahoma games in the, in the in the tournament. So, Oklahoma Baylor Baylor's about a nine point underdog, which is kind of surprising because if you recall, Baylor was up twenty eight to three against Oklahoma in Waco. Oklahoma with a furious second half comeback. Great game. Oklahoma won the game without CD Lamb, which is amazing. CD Lamb's back. The game's in Dallas, which is going to be a kind of a uh, you'll have a split crowd there. Plenty of Oklahoma people, plenty of Baylor people. Again, I think the turf's going to help Oklahoma a little bit. Indoors is going to help Oklahoma a little bit. I think Oklahoma's going to win win a nail biter here. I think it's going to be another good game. Matt Rule done a, has done a tremendous job at Baylor rebuilding that program after all the sc- scandal with Art Bryles. Matt Rule's name, Lincoln Riley's name, major names are going to be in consideration for NFL jobs this offseason, i.e. Dallas, i.e. Carolina, i.e. possibly the Giants. So be on the lookout. Lincoln Riley, Matt Rule very much on the radar of the NFL again Georgia loses if Utah loses i think the winner of this Oklahoma Baylor games in the in, in the tournament so uh, but again Oklahoma wins Utah wins that's going to be the the million dollar debate is w- which resume do you, do you like better do you like the we know what Oklahoma can do they can score they give up a lot of points but they can score and then you got the the West Coast uh, Pac 12 champion Utah very good defensively not a big offense but a very good defense Do you you give Utah the the, the nod? I think think Utah does get the nod if they beat Oregon. Oregon's a very solid team, very good team. Um, Very easily could be a one-loss Oregon going into this game. But I think Utah gets the nod if they were to win, even if Oklahoma wins over Baylor. So that's how I see the Final Four. I do think Ohio State's going to win. I think LSU's going to win. I think Clemson's going to win. I think you're going to have, here's my stunner, I think Baylor's going to beat Oklahoma, and I think Utah's going to go down on Friday night to Oregon. So I think Baylor is going to backdoor their way into the college football playoff. Matt Rule and the Baylor Bears, kind of the the destiny's child here. It's going to be a... uh, Little David's going to make the tournament. All right, let's go over some... Let's review, why is Alabama not in the mix? Did you see the Alabama-Auburn game last week? What a finish. What a game. Once again, the Alabama special teams finally comes back to roost. The kicking game at Alabama has been horrific for the last 13 years. Alabama has missed more kicks in the kicking game than any team in the country. I believe they've missed 113 kicks in the last 13 years under Saban. 113 and the second worst team in the country has missed like 93. So they've missed 20 more kicks than the second worst team in the country. And it is just really hard to believe that University of Alabama, with as much dominance, as many national championships as they've won them with Saban, have allowed the kicking game to be a thorn in their side for 13 straight years. All the resources, all the 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 capability, and by the way, I'm available have tried to reach out to them multiple times over the years. But it's amazing to think that University of Alabama and these all these big-time programs invest so little resources into the kicking game, whether it's the coaching of it, the recruiting of it. Um, it's great to get a four- and five-star kid who's allegedly a, a big-time kicker coming out of high school, but you have to develop the kid. You have to coach the kid on a day-to-day basis. These kickers don't just show up to campus and they're ready to roll they have most of these kids have major technical issues even though because remember in high school you can kick off you kick off a two-inch tee you can there's not nearly the, the you know the, the pressure the, the the technique needed um you have to be meant you have to be structurally sound in your fundamentals and your technique when you're kicking in front of eighty thousand people because you're nervous the nerves the tension the emotions um, It gets to you. I've been there. Gets to you. And you have to be fundamentally sound. So many of these kids come to college and they are just not very fundamentally sound from a kicking perspective, both punting and kicking. Just like a quarterback, when you're a four- or five-star quarterback recruit, you got to get coached in college to learn how to read coverages, audible, all the different things that go into being a college quarterback that are so much different than being a high school quarterback. Same as the offensive line. Same as playing wide receiver why wouldn't coaches think it's not the same to be on in the for the kickers and the punters because it is It's a di- you know, it's a different way to train it's a different workout regimen. So the kicking game in Alabama finally comes back to haunt them miss 30 yard kick. they have 12 guys on the field when Auburn's about to punt which gives Auburn a first down in the last minute of the game which means Alabama doesn't get the ball back but the 30-yard field goal is just a kicking you got to make. I know, every you know, both of us came out with an apology after the game, and that's admirable, but you got to make the kick. You're at the University of Alabama, you have to make a 30-yard field goal to send the game to, to, to give yourself a chance to win. And for whatever reason, the, the Alabama, the, the, the Saban, and the, and, the, and the Tide staff has just neglected the kicking game. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the recruitment of guys, you know, what what criteria they use to recruit these kids, um, but you have to have be fundamentally sound in the kicking game, and it's just a, it just and it's not just Alabama, it's schools all over the country from Florida State to Miami to um, you know a lot many 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 of these of these high powered uh, programs struggle in the kicking game, and it just blows my mind that they don't invest in a coach for the kicking game, not a special teams coach. Who, coaches the, the how to block it and how to, for the for the, re, the gunner and the return, man. I'm talking about a guy to coach the kicker and the punter and the long snapper. It's much needed, much overdue and I'm available. 205-790-1404. I fix problems. Coaching carousel. Let's get to that. Pretty, pretty uh, interesting week. You had firings at Missouri. If we're opening Missouri, you have Arkansas, which was open during the middle of the season. Surprise uh, resignation by Chris Peterson at Washington. Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator, is taken over at Washington. But a little surprise that uh, Chris Peterson stepped away. Sounds like he's going to step away for a year or so. You'll see Chris Peterson coaching in the next probably two years somewhere. He'll be at a big program. Wouldn't shock me if he were to be, go to the NFL. Very good offensive mind. Very good demeanor. There's some speculation he might be on the Cowboys short list they, once they decide to make a change with Jason Garrett. Um, he's an offensive guy. But you'll, you'll definitely see uh, Chris Peterson back in the mix. Could Chris Peterson be waiting out in a, a USC opportunity? The USC decides to keep Clay Helton for the 2020 season. Good job by Helton to go eight and four with you know fresh true freshman quarterback. They are the team that upset Utah back early in the season with a third-string quarterback, not even the guy who's playing. Slovis wasn't even playing then. Beat Utah on a Friday night at the Coliseum. So admirable job by Clay Helton. He keeps his job. You have a new AD at USC, new president. So I think they're going to give him another year to keep developing. But he better go 10 and 2 next year. He better not go 8 and 4 again at USC, or else that job would be open. I would I would probably suspect that they probably reached out to Urban Meyer to, at, at some level. He probably told them he wasn't gonna maybe wasn't interested in the job this year, wasn't get wasn't gonna get back into coaching this year. Who knows? There's some speculation that Urban Meyer might be in the mix in Dallas, potentially maybe for the Cleveland Browns. So maybe Urban told him he didn't want the job, and so they decided to keep. Clay Helton, good guy, good recruiter, but you you, bet you better go more better than 8-4 next year, that's for sure. Arkansas, Missouri, Ole Miss fired their coach. Speculation is, is brewing that Lane Kiffin could be the guy at, for Ole Miss. At, Kiffin's at FAU. They're playing in the conference championship game tomorrow against my alma mater, the Bla- UAB Blazers, the CUSA championship down at Boca. Most believe that that'll be the last game for Lane Kiffin at FAU. Arkansas is interested in Kiffin. Ole Miss is interested in Kiffin. I would probably say Ole Miss is a better job than Arkansas at this point. So you could definitely you you're probably going to see Lane Kiffen back in the SEC middle of next by probably Tuesday of next week. So be on the lookout for that. Arkansas be looking out for maybe a guy named Bill Clark, UAB head coach, rebuilt that program after it was shut down. Arkansas potentially could maybe make a run at Gus Malzahn. You never know. He's an Arkansas guy. There's even been some rumblings that Houston Nutt might be back in the mix to go back to Arkansas. Uh, So it would be very interesting to see which way they go. Florida State still hasn't hired a coach. I think you'll see Florida State make a move in the next four or five days. Again, two names to be on the lookout for. Mike Norvell, head coach at Memphis. He's coaching in the AAC championship game on Saturday. You also might see a Mark Stoops in the mix. Stoops from Kentucky has got Florida State ties, was a good, was an excellent defensive coordinator there. So B, maybe those are the two names to kind of maybe be looking out for there. Matt Campbell re signed an extension at Iowa State. Mike Leach signed an extension at Washington State. So those guys are out of the mix. So Florida State's kind of. Hopefully they've got their guy. Maybe there's a deal already done with Norvell from Memphis. He's not a sexy name, but he's done an excellent job building up Memphis, recruiting, coaching, developing kids, clean program. So if they hire Mike Norvell, I couldn't, I, I couldn't go crazy. Um, but, again, the two names I'd be looking out for would be Norvell and Mark Stoops, Kentucky. Playoff games will be, I believe, it's right around New Year's Eve. The, the two the two semifinal games, and about ten days later is when they'll play the championship game. Usually, it's on a Monday night. So, selection selection committee makes their decision Sunday at twelve o'clock. So you'll you'll we'll know Sunday at twelve before the NFL games. But again, I think you're going to see Ohio State, LSU, Clemson. And I'm going to go Baylor. I'm gonna go upset special. Baylor wins the Big 12 and a stunner in Dallas. Georgia loses and Utah loses. Let's do a quick NFL or a quick NBA note. David Fisdale fired as the coach of the Knicks today. Again, he was a disaster, a dumpster fire in in, in New York. The Knicks just can't get can't seem to get it right at the coaching position. They're just not giving this guy any help. A very deficient roster some some kind of coaching uh, disasters by, by Fisdale not maybe not that he's not the best teacher best in-game coach there is they've, they've gotten crushed the last two games so the Knicks have made another coaching move a name that you might think that might be a name to think about Rick Pitino this is a guy that would love to get back in the into the big-time coaching he's a new he's a New York guy he's got some NBA history I think Patino could be a guy that could resurrect things in New York again. You still gotta have players, but Patino knows how to coach. He knows the NBA lifestyle. He knows the NBA player. He knows that he can develop guys. That's one thing Patino can do. He doesn't have to worry about the recruiting. He doesn't have to worry about the issues with recruiting. He can just be an NBA coach. So Rick Patino might be a guy that you might look look to somewhere around Christmas time, first of the year. Where you could see Rick Pitino come in, maybe he could be a guy that if, if the Knicks are willing to give him a little bit of power as far as um, some of the personnel decisions, but Dolan has to do something. This The New York media, the New York crowd is just getting so fed up with the Knicks, it's, it's embarrassing. All right, National Football League Week 14. First of all, my king of the hill. I was in a, I'm in a king of the hill pool. I was in a king of the hill pool. Over 500 people was down to the last 40. And I freaking pick the Carolina Panthers last week. As I got two picks left, Carolina and Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia freaking goes down to Miami and blows a 28-14 third quarter lead to the Dolphins. Lose. Then the Carolina Panthers at home below a 14-0 first quarter lead. Go down their field. First two drives of the game, score. They lose to the freaking Washington Redskins in their own building, which leads to Ron Rivera getting fired. So, my king of the hill survivor pool is done for the year. Disaster should be still alive. Riverboat Ron is Riverboat gone uh, in Carolina and then Philly. What, a, what, I mean, who, who wants to win the NFC East? The Redskins, I mean, freaking the Eagles or the Cowboys. Cowboys lose again Thursday night in Chicago after a Thursday night Thanksgiving Day loss to the Buffalo Bills. Jason Garrett, dead man walking. How Brett Maher is still the kicker in Dallas, I don't know, but he, he won't be the kicker by Monday, I can tell you that. Missed another critical field goal on Thursday night in Chicago. Um, just no no sense of urgency out of the Cowboys. I think, I think they realize... Internally, they know it's a one game season. The the winner of the Philadelphia game in week 16 in Philadelphia is going to win the NFC East. Say what you want. Human emotion, human psychology, those guys are just kind of going through the motions till that game, I think, is what's going to happen. And I think you're going to see a big effort out of the Cowboys week 16 in Philadelphia. Don't know if they'll win or not, but you'll see a big effort uh, out of them. The defense in Dallas is just getting worse and worse. The tackling's awful. No, uh, no creativity on defense. The offense is okay in Dallas. Dak did not play very super, very well last night in Chicago. But um, again, all their energy is going to be thwarted towards Week 16, in Philadelphia, for the Eagles. The winner of that game is most likely going to win the, will most likely win the NFC East. Ravens, another impressive win last week against San Francisco. Are they the best team in the league? I mean, you have to probably give it to them. You have to probably say yes at this point. They've beaten the Seattle. They've beaten the Niners. They've beaten the Patriots. Um, they've beaten the Texans. So they've, they've they've throttled all the. They've killed the Rams. They've beaten all the all the big heavyweight teams. You know, they won a defensive slugfest last week in bad weather in Baltimore, rain. Give credit to the 49ers. They played very well coming into that into that environment and hanging in there. Tucker kicks a 49-yard field goal at the gun to win it. My fantasy guy, who's the best kicker in the league, but uh, you know, Baltimore's not invincible. Lamar Jackson played good, not great last week. My question with Baltimore is, if somebody gets them down in the playoffs, you know, 17-7, 10, you know, you know, 20 to 20 to 10, early third quarter, can Lamar Jackson with his arm? Can he bring him back to win? Can he go 75, 80 yards when he has to throw the ball and not be able to run the ball? Milk six minutes off the clock. Can Lamar Jackson with the passing attack do it when it's when it's crunch time? And I just don't know if he can. Um, again, yeah, not a lot of threats in the AFC. I don't think. I think I think Kansas City and uh, New England are the only two threats to Baltimore. Again, the Patriots struggling offensively. Brady just has no weapons to throw to. People keep saying Brady's losing it, but I'd, I've not seen Brady miss open throws. What I have seen Brady have to do is throw the ball away a lot because none of his guys get open other than Edelman, other than a little James White. They just really struggle on the outside to get open with Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, Sanu, no tight end help. They're not able to run the ball consistently enough with Michelle, but in the end, don't count the Patriots out. That defense is championship level is going to keep them in every game. Uh, they got a big matchup this week with Kansas City, who's slowly getting better. That defense is playing a little bit better. Mahomes has not been electric, but he's been good enough. We'll um, be very interested to see how Mahomes plays against this New England defense in Foxborough Sunday. Hopefully, the weather's good and not a deterrent for the passing game. Um, but again, critical game for the Patriots to, in order if they want to have any chance at home field, they got to win the game. Baltimore, tough game at Buffalo. will be a, kind of could be a tricky game. Full credit to the Bills, who, who are continuing to surprise people. Didn't think they would be – did not think they would be this competitive this deep in the season. Thoroughly beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Come back home. Got the Ravens on Sunday in Buffalo. That place will be on fire up at Rich Stadium. Good for Buffalo. Buffalo's going to make the playoffs as at least a wild card. If they they still have a game with the Patriots in Foxboro, I don't think they're going to win the division, but it's conceivable if the Patriots lose Sunday and Buffalo wins, they're tied in the loss column with still with a game to play, and you never know. So um, big win out of Pittsburgh in the wild card hunt. Uh, Devlin Hodges comes in, down 10-0 to Cleveland, scores 20 straight points. A bad loss for Cleveland. They're done. They're not making the playoffs. Most likely Freddie Kitchens bye bye from High Lie at the end of week seventeen. Just undisciplined. a game you had to win, you were up ten nothing. Baker Mayfield just continues to underperform. Bad loss for the for for the uh, good lock, good win for the Steelers. They're just kind of piecing it together on offense with Devlin Hodges. You got James Washington. You don't have much. you're not getting uh, you got Benny Snell stepping in playing well for the for the injured Connor. Schuster still Smith Schuster still out so interesting uh Interesting dynamic with the Steelers Trying to hang on to the number six seed over the Titans the Tennessee Titans are playing well Tannehill's been great for them He was a Johnny come lately drop ad move for me in my fantasy league. So I'm riding. I'm gonna try to ride me some uh ride me some Ryan Tannehill a couple more times, so but tricky game for Tennessee. They go to Oakland this week. Be interested to see how that goes, but again, it's probably going to come down to Pittsburgh, Tennessee for the sixth spot. Both teams have a difficult schedule the last four games. I'll give a slight edge to Tennessee, but it would not shock me if the Steelers, who are up a game on Tennessee, get in get in the playoffs at 9 and 7. Um I'd like to see them get in the playoffs. I don't know if they can win it. I don't. I don't think they can win. I don't think they can win a game in the playoffs. But I think they can be a, a tricky matchup with that defense for Pittsburgh. So NFC is going to be a slugfest. You have San Francisco, Seattle, both ten and two. Incredibly, incredibly, in both ten and two. But Seattle, with the tiebreaker so far, has the lead. In first place, they and New Orleans are vying for home field advantage. That's going to be critical in the NFC to have the first one and two seed home, the bye week, plus the home games. Seattle with a great Monday night victory over Minnesota at home. Coming back down a little bit to Minnesota, Russell Wilson comes back. They put up a bunch of points in the second half. New Orleans... It's clinched the NFC South. Good win last week in Atlanta on Thanksgiving night. Have a monster showdown with the 49ers this week. This would go a long way to tell home field advantage. New Orleans wins this game. They're in great position to get one of the top two seeds. The NFC North, you got the Packers are up, up a game on the Vikings. Um, Rodgers played very well last week in the, uh, in New York. Vikings lose behind one game. They still have a game to play against each other in week 16. Week 17 potential showdown in the West with Seattle and San Francisco. That could be for a division title as well as a one or two seed in the NFC. So hopefully both those teams are still in it for the division title going to week 17 because that will be the game that gets flexed by NBC with all the marbles on the line in week 17 Sunday night because – you could have theoretically a 13, uh, freaking two 13 and three, thir- 13 and two teams going to week 17 with the loser freaking being the wild card at 13 and three. Wouldn't that be incredible? Whereas the Cowboys and the Eagles could theoretically win that division at seven and nine. So, something to, to be aware of. You could have an NFC East winner at seven and nine or eight and eight hosting. A thirteen and three wild card team potentially, which wouldn't that be something? Wow! But I like the I like the spot New Orleans is in. I think they're going to figure out a way to get it done to to get one of the top two seeds. Not as not as difficult as schedule. San Fran's got a got a tough schedule. You have Seattle, who's won a bunch of of tight games. I think I think ten of their games have been under have been by one score or less. I think they're nine and one. In those 10 games the percentages say that that's gonna even out a little bit here as we get towards the stretch run Seattle's got a very tricky game this Sunday night in Los Angeles against the Rams so again very interesting scenarios in the NFC Uh, the Vikings I won't say are locked for a wild card but they're in a great spot to get a wild card they can still win that division with them in Green Bay the Bears are trying to make a little run. They're up to 7-6 and six now since they beat the Cowboys Thursday night. So it's pretty much a, you know, the only team that maybe can threaten the Vikings for the wild card is probably going to be the Bears. Tampa doesn't really have much of a shot. They need about 10 different things to happen. Nobody from the NFC East is going to be in the mix. Um... And so you're going to have basically the loser of the West between Seattle, and San Francisco is going to be one wild card, and then the loser in the North between Green Bay, and Minnesota is most likely going to be the second wild card. So, but home field positioning is going to be critical in the NFC because these teams are any one of those six teams go to the Super Bowl. And that's that's a fact. Um, just going to depend on the matchups and home field the home field uh, situation. But any one of the very stacked NFC this year. MVP. Lamar Jackson's got to be in the lead at this point with Russell Wilson in a uh, number two in the two hole. I don't think it's over yet. I think if Russell goes on a little run here in the last four games throwing the ball and gets the number one seed you could definitely see Russell Wilson win the MVP. Lamar Jackson needs to keep it up. he's definitely got a chance to win it with his with his uh, dynamic uh, run and pass options and Baltimore is playing as well as they are so those, those are clearly the two the two front runners. Uh, didn't mention in the college football, Joe Burrow's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's just a matter of who comes in second and third. Tua's debating whether he's going to come out or not of the draft. You'll see Tua in the draft. Somebody's going to take Tua in the top 15. I can promise you that. Sounds like his hip injury isn't quite as severe as everybody thought it was, but you'll definitely see Tua in the draft in my opinion. And Ron Rivera got replaced in in Carolina. Was there for about nine years. Had a good run. He'll definitely get another job in the NFL. There'll be several firings uh, in the NFL this year. You'll most likely see, obviously, you've already seen Rivera get fired. You'll probably see Dan Quinn in Atlanta get fired. You'll probably see Jason Garrett get fired. Pat Shermer's very iffy to make it for year three with the Giants. Um, In the NFC, Arizona's not going anywhere. Seattle, San Francisco, the Rams aren't going anywhere. AFC... Miami, good job. Give Flores and the Dolphins credit. They're playing hard. They upset Philadelphia. He's not going anywhere. Jets, I don't think they're going to make a move. If they were to crater and just tank the last four games, that's a possibility. But uh, especially if they were to make a call to Jim Harbaugh or somebody like a big, huge name, Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh kind of guy, then I could see them potentially making a move. Uh, with Adam Gase, because he is just not uh, an ins- uh, a motivator of men, it doesn't seem like. They had a horrific performance in Cincinnati last week for the Jets. So he'll probably survive, though. AFC, uh, North, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland will probably have a change. Freddie Kitchens just just doesn't seem like he's up for the job. They need somebody in there that's got some championship experience and got some coaching head coaching experience. Again, name to be looking out for. Potentially Urban Meyer there. Uh, Somebody who's got a little bit of a college background. Offensive guy. Um, Maybe Lincoln Riley's name might be mentioned there. You could also see Ron Rivera potentially go there as well. They need an adult in the room to coach that team. They need an adult. They got plenty of, they got great players. A lot of good players on offense. They need an adult in the room to lead them. Um, Cincinnati won't make a move. AFC West, Oakland, Kansas City is not doing anything. Denver's probably not doing anything. Good win for Denver last week against against the Chargers. Controversial interference call in overtime. Sounds like Drew Locke's going to probably get the ball the rest of the year. Played okay in, in his first start. Chargers. I don't think they'll fire Anthony Lynn, but it wouldn't shock me if they did. Um, Phillip Rivers. The decision: Do we keep Rivers? Do we not? Kind of a wild card. The Chargers seem like they're a wild card team in the event Tom Brady were to ever leave the Patriots. The Chargers are opening that new stadium that Cronkies building. And you definitely need some star power in L.A. And it wouldn't sh- if, if for some reason there was a bitter divorce with the Patriots, you could see Tom Brady in L.A. with the Chargers. Or you could also potentially see Tom Brady in Tennessee because of Mike Vrabel. So those are two spots. I think if, if Tom Brady ever did leave and he wanted to keep playing, the Chargers and the Titans could be two places to see that you, you could potentially see Tom Brady go. I don't think he'll ever leave the Patriots. I think Kraft would not allow that even if Belichick wanted to get rid of him. I don't think Kraft's going to allow Brady to go to another franchise. Um, but, but Brady is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. There's no franchise tag. He is going to be a free man in, in at the end of February. Philip Rivers is going to be free. Mariota is going to be free. Jameis Winston potentially is going to be f- potentially free. So you'll have some quarterbacks out there that could potentially be uh, had. Dallas hasn't still hasn't uh, inked Dak Prescott to that extension yet. So you never know what could happen there. I think he'll sign. I'm pretty positive he'll sign in Dallas, but it's it's never a given. You never know with Jerry Jones. So alright let's give you some picks this week and the college ranks I like LSU minus the 7 in the, in the SEC title game I like Ohio State minus the 15 and a half 16 in the uh, Big Ten I like Baylor plus the 9 you have Utah Oregon playing Friday night UAB FAU FAU minus 9 Interesting, interesting there with Kiffin's situation. So we'll see. NFL action: Baltimore, Buffalo, Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore minus six points. That might be too much. Uh, Buffalo does struggle against the run, so that does that does concern you a little bit. I'm going to take Baltimore in a close game. Less than a touchdown, I'll take Baltimore. You got the Redskins going to Green Bay. Washington's going to try to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, down Green Bay's throat. I think Rodgers is going to try to get the lead. Um, I like Green Bay in the game. Minus 13 is a big number, but I, I'll stay away from the number, but Green Bay will win the game. Denver getting plus 8.5 in Houston. I think Houston will win the game, but I think that could be a close game. Denver's got a pretty good defense. Uh I could see that game being a, a seven-point game. Sam Fran, New Orleans, New Orleans minus two in the Superdome. I like New Orleans at home in a, in a good game. Physical, uh, I think Drew Brees with just enough offense, I think a 24-17 kind of game in the Superdome. Give me the Saints minus the two. Cleveland hosting Cincinnati, Cleveland minus seven against the Bengals. I definitely could see the Bengals getting blown out here this is a this is a with, with the performance Cleveland had last week at home I like Cleveland minus the seven Carolina plus three and a half in Atlanta don't even care Perry fuel the interim coach for the Panthers I uh, just don't know what you're gonna get out of the Panthers what kind of effort you're gonna get Detroit getting 12 and a half in Minnesota. Minnesota's in a must-win game, division game. Uh, you know, I think Minnesota's the team here. David Blau may have not had a decent uh, debut for the Lions. He's probably he's starting again. The undrafted free agent out of Purdue played pretty well against the Bears. I, I like Minnesota. Tough spot for Blau in his first road start. Give me Minnesota minus the 12 and a half. I think you're gonna see a lot of points out of Minnesota. Potentially a defensive touchdown. You got the Jets minus five and a half against the Dolphins. That's a little bit iffy. How the how the Jets are five and a half. I think the Jets will find a way to win the game. As bad as they played last week, I think you'll see, you get a better effort out of the Jets. Um, my bucks minus three against the Colts. The Colts, pretty much the end of the road, has hit for Adam Vinatieri. He's not playing. T. Y. Hilton's out. Looks like Marlon Mack's going to return. Mack is a former USF Bull, Tampa guy. Coming back to Tampa off his broken hand. I like the Bucks in a close game. 27-21 kind of game. The Bucs still have faint playoff hopes alive. This would, this would basically put an end to the Colts' playoff hopes. The Colts are 6-6. Six six. Chargers, minus 3.5, go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's benched Foles. Back to the Gardner Minshew project, I like the ja- I like the uh, I like the Jags here plus the three and a half. I don't know if they'll win the game, but I like the plus three and a half. The Chargers just figure out ways to lose these close games week in week out. Um, we do need a Hunter We do need a, a Hunter Henry sighting, please, for fantasy purposes for, for the Chargers. Can we get one early here, please? Game of the day, uh, late games. Pittsburgh goes to Arizona, must-win game for Pittsburgh, minus two. I like Pittsburgh in Arizona. I think the defense will be the difference here. You'll get just enough out of Hodges, Benny Snell, James Washington over the top one time. I like the Steelers to win by a touchdown here. Tennessee, minus three, going to Oakland. Again, tricky game here. Oakland has played terrible the last two weeks. But they are a pretty good home team in the black hole. Last couple home games here for the Raiders, I could see a good effort out of the Raiders. This one one will be tight going to the fourth quarter. Um, Tannehill on the road makes you nervous a little bit, but I like him. He's playing pretty well. Derrick Henry, I'll take the Titans in a tight one, win by a field goal late. And you have the heavyweight battle in Foxborough. Kansas City Chiefs getting three points in New England. I think a lot is going to depend on the weather. Um, I think you're, I think you'll see a better effort out of the Patriots offensively. I, even though I said that last week, New England minus three. I, I mean, just, just based on the percentages, you got to take New England at home minus the three, in my opinion. Sunday night, Seattle and the Rams in the Coliseum. It's basically, a pick 'em game. Very tr- tough game to call. The Rams played very well last week in Arizona. The, the, the Seahawks are due to lose one of these close kind of games, but I think somehow, someway, Wilson's going to will the Seahawks to a win Sunday night in L.A., which will basically end the Rams' playoff hopes. And they're the other team in the NFC that are still in the mix for a potential playoff. They're one game behind the Vikings. So this is a must-win game for the Rams as well. Monday night, Philadelphia hosts the Giants. Daniel Jones out for the Giants. Eli Manning back. Just A wretched performance by the Eagles late in Miami last week. I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia. The pass defense is just terrible. Lots of questions coming to that locker room about Carson Wentz, receivers, defensive backs. They should beat the Giants handily, but the Eagles are going to win the game. I could see this game being closer than it should be, but the Eagles will find a way to win the game. So there you have it. NFL picks for week 14, quick notes in the, in the baseball winter meetings coming up. Lots of speculation the Yankees are going all in for Garrett Cole. You're going to see probably a $40 million contract, five or six years. It's, it's between the Yankees probably and the Angels and the Dodgers. Those are probably your three, your three uh, bidders for, for Cole. I don't think the Yankees are going to let the Angels and the Dodgers outbid them the question Cole has to answer is does you want to play on the east coast or the west coast. He's a south he's a southern California guy, went to UCLA. Lots of speculation that he wants to go play home, go to go home and play. His wife's from out there, so that'll be the that'll be the question. The Yankees will definitely pay 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 a premium to get him to the east coast. Question you have to answer yourself if you're cold, you want to win. If you do, you go to the Yankees, maybe the Dodgers. The Angels are not close to winning yet. Even with Mike Trout, they still need more pieces. Um, but we'll be interested to see what happens with uh, the bidding war that brews between Artie Marino and Brian Cashman. Sounds like the Nationals have, have made their made, made a statement saying they're either going to keep Strasburg or Rendon, but not both. So it be interesting to see which way the Nationals go. Kind of the, 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 in league circles, everybody thinks they're going to keep Strasburg and make the biggest offer to Strasburg. Rendon's a hell of a player, hell of a third baseman. You know he'll 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 have plenty of suitors for his for his for him. He'll be making twenty five million at least. He he's an MVP kind of guy. Texas potentially, maybe Atlanta, um, maybe you know. He's gonna go to I think he'll go to a contender as well. Um, Zach Wheeler went to the to the Phillies. The Met, ex Mets pitcher went to the Phillies for a humongous number. I think five years, $118 million. That's probably way too much for Zach Wheeler, but, you know, the Phillies are in desperate need of starting pitching. So you, you saw that. Cole Hamels to the Braves. Don't be surprised if Chris Bryant gets traded. The Cubs made a couple of moves. They're, they didn't offer Addison Russell a contract. So don't be surprised if the Cubs make a couple of moves, maybe even the Red Sox. You know, do you do you trade Mookie Betts? What's going on with JD Martinez? So, what are you shedding payroll? Are you adding payroll? The winter meetings will be pretty fun. You'll see a lot of trade rumors. Check out MLB Network. Chris Russo, Mad Dog, High Heat. I'm going to see. By the way, tomorrow I'll be over at UT to see the Spartans play. Up. My man Chris Russo is going to be in town visiting his son, and I'm going to go uh, try to introduce myself to Mr. Russo tomorrow. I'll get, we'll get a picture and we'll post it on the uh, on the Twitter account at KickTheFB at KickTheFB. If you want to reach out to us, check us out on the podcast. Uh, reach out to us, SportsPowers at Yahoo.com. Love to hear from you. Comments, questions, thoughts, whatever. We'd love to hear from you, good or bad. Subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. Thanks for tuning in to the Powers on Sports podcast and have a great championship weekend less than three weeks to christmas you better start shopping people get the checkbooks out peace out